Uh, welcome to podcast 193 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Curti, Dave, and Marathon, where we'll be talking about Curti's journeyman adventures on the Twitches. And it is episode 192, Matt. What? It is 192. Yeah, I don't... A week ahead of ourselves here. We're wishing oh. the podcasts away already. Um, but yeah, today we'll be talking about the Carabao Cup final. So it would have just happened by the time the podcast is out. Um, but we'll be talking about cup final prep, manager changes at crucial points of the season, big games versus player injuries, as well as the uh, turmoil of penalty shootouts in FM. I did know she didn't say eternal oh eternal yeah but I didn't know I thought I was going to butcher this how to say it sorry <laughs> so you yeah, dig me much. out for yeah. getting eternal a number is wrong. Is. eternal you turmoil missed an entire word yeah, I'm there sorry band of the anyway. 90s <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who wrote this script well um I don't, this is I mean Matt's gone for here, Curti. I'm going to say he's uh, said you, you've waited for lockdown to end before starting a journeyman Tory March. I don't understand I mean, why that makes me I a don't Tory. Either. Just yeah, follow, he just follows. He just follows the rules. You know, he, he just, even even in FM, he won't go outside of his uh, his bubble to do a journeyman. You know, he just follows the rules. He's a good boy. I, I still don't get uh, it. I think <laughs> I don't. No, because because surely he would be. All for corruption and breaking and bending the rules. Oh, well, let's exactly. change it. So, uh, exactly. Change it. What, I, to be honest, I was racing to write something. Cause that makes you a lib dem. Well, what should be, I mean, if I was again. a Tory, I'd, I'd have Genie Scout up on stream. I'd be uh, I'd be breaking all kinds of rules, giving myself loads of money with the in-game editor. That's just yeah, absolutely. That's just stupid. Yeah, also, <laughs> you'd, be giving, you'd be giving contracts to friends as well. Exactly. You've got very yeah. political. Let's, let's move on. Curti. <laughs> journeyman save us please yeah so uh thought about returning to twitch decided to do it um ignored all the cries to do i say all the cries basically dave um telling well, me to, was, uh, and yourself <laughs> and telling well but the, the the you know dave was like just do an order shot save there son and to yes. be fair i've had a, i've had a couple of people in the stream going why aren't you order shot you're in the conference what's going on um so yeah started unemployed with the idea of it being a journeyman save, no badges, none of that jazz. Uh, got the Worldstone job very early on, um, which I wasn't expecting. But I think their club reputation is basically in the mud. They were promoted from the Conference South last year. Um, so they very much hold the reputation of a Conference South club, but are in the Vanarama National. So the first season was very much a case of don't get relegated. Um, we only made one real signing. We we brought in Benny Ashley Seal on loan from Northampton, former Wolves, I believe, Dave. Yeah, baller. Well, wasn't a baller for Wolves. But, no. Yeah. It was a baller for Worldstone, to be fair. Yeah. Um, he scored 34 goals for me in the first season. He does that. Yeah, he's really good. Um, he formed quite the partnership with uh, lad, another lad we got up top called Danny Parrish. We very much played 4-4-2 for the majority of the season. Um and I think Parrish got him, himself got like 24 goals or something like that. So it was quite the strike partnership. Um, and for a long po long portion of the season, we were kind of in and around the playoffs. Um, around that sort of cusp, just outside on the bubble, if you like. Uh, and then towards the end of the season, basically everything went to pot. Uh, I, I think our last home win was in January. We just wow. could not win at home. Uh, got picked up a few results away, but ended up finishing uh, 10th or 11th. 
Um, so still way ahead of what was expected of us. And there was even chat that I was in the running for manager of the year, um, which I didn't <laughs> end up getting. But, you know, it just sort of goes to show that we did actually overperform for the majority of the season. And a lot of that was down to just the strike partnership because our defence was dog shit. Our, our goalkeeper that we had in on loan from Luton, um, Harry Isted, conceded 76 goals in 40 games or something. Luton's your problem there. <laughs> um, so, your problem. Oh my word! Yeah, I was I was gonna say, Katie, yeah. uh In terms of tactics, uh, what what have you gone with? Because obviously, on the journey, man, uh, that I was doing, I sort of started with a four four two, and as the career went on, I was gonna sort of try and progress it. What have you started with? Something that you know is tried and t- trusted so far, or how have you approached that? I very much started with the with the kind of look. It's it's basic football. Let's keep it simple. So I went four four two, kind of just ball winning midfielders, um, get the ball down the flanks and hoof it up to the fast striker, essentially. Um, and it worked for a long period of time. Uh, the reason I, I did change it, I think it was around February time I changed it because we played uh, Barnet, who are our local rivals, and they played like a, a 4-3-3, but narrow with a DM. And... In the game that we played them, they went two or three nil up, and we we ch- basically changed to match their formation, and ended up putting it back to three all, and it was like really good result, and I was like, okay, this might work. So we played, we we changed uh, to that system for the next couple of games, and we we beat Torquay away, who were top of the league. Uh, we beat Bromley away, uh, and then we put four past Solihull, I think. Um, using that formation, I was like, "Aye, aye, I've found something here. This is going to be tremendous. I'll, I'll, I'll stick this up on the Steam, uh, the Steam Workshop <laughs> downloads for days." And then basically, yeah, that was at the point where it all went to shit. So we changed to that system, started brilliantly, then it all went to shit. So by the end of the by the end of the season, I changed back to four four two, and that is what we started season two with. Uh, are you one of those managers that in, in the Vanarama that you don't know whether you're in the north or the south? Um, hey, we've had, we, we've had that. <laughs> no, no, I did have to. I did have to Google where Wildstone was because I didn't. I wasn't 100 percent sure. Uh, it's near Harrow, apparently, sort of Uxbridge, that kind of area. So, um, yeah, not too far from me, actually, not too far from me. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, season one. Went okay. Season two, the recruitment for the second season has been a nightmare because purely because obviously we don't have any kind of scouting knowledge. Um, trying to sort of work out, it's just been tr- so many trials have gone through the club um, towards the end of the first season and the beginning of the second season. Um, we're struggling to get loans. Like even championship clubs won't loan us players because they want to play with higher quality players. That's how bad our reputation is. So trying to sign anyone sort of half decent at conference level is just really, really tricky. Um, I did sign a couple of old Aldershot boys. So we've got Ed Lewis Kinsella, who's like a really good left back, probably our best player now. Um, and we couldn't get Benny Ashley Seal because I upset Gary Megson last year. Apparently I was meant to play him as a poacher um, and I was playing him as an advanced forward. And the fact that he scored like nearly 40 goals, that was not enough to to bring Megson round. So I couldn't get him back on loan. Um, so I've now got this lad called Justin Donowa, who is a right wigger, but he's got shitloads of pace. 
So I've tried to retrain him as a striker, and he started well, to be fair. He scored a hat-trick in his second game. Um, but, um, yeah, for, we're sticking with the 4-4-2, sticking with just Pate trying to get you know a bit of pace on the wings, a pacey striker up top with someone who could sort of control a ball and, and flick it on if necessary. Uh, the midfield engine is just basically just runners and a ball-winning midfielder because we're bypassing the midfield half the time. Um, and the centre-backs just basically need to be able to do slightly more than a cone would. Um, <laughs> so, and that would be better than our defence was last year. So, um, but yeah, we started well, started well second season. I think we're only three or four games in, but we're undefeated so far. And I feel like, um, although we started well in season one, I feel like it feels different this time round. So I'm I'm hopeful that we'll be in and around the playoffs at least. Uh, second team, second time round. Well, you've had your chance to almost build your own team now because you sort of went in with a different team and then similar sort of situation to my first to second season on mine, probably 95% of the squad, uh, their contracts were expiring. And I was in two minds whether to renew them and I thought, you know what, I'll I'll let them run out and build from there. Have you found, Curtie, financially you've saved a lot of money on wages or are you about the same? Because I was having players on 500, 600 quid a week, which I let go and were signing better players for about half their wage. Like financially, I made my club so much more healthy. Our wage budget this year is slightly higher than it was last year. Um, I think I was around, uh, kind of on the cusp last year. I am slightly overspending this year um, and I still need to bring in, we are like a, a decent centre-back short. Um, I'm looking at loans and stuff, and we're struggling to get anyone decent. Um, but, yeah, we are slightly overspending so far. But do you know what? I'm kind of happy with it because we've got a squad. Last year we had like 11, 12 players maybe that were that were okay and for this level. This year I feel like we've got a squad of like 21 players, I think, at the moment, where I, I would happily rotate them in and out. Um, and... That's going to be a huge difference because towards the end of last year, everyone was like, oh, he needs to go on holiday. Oh, this guy needs a break. Oh, the, do you know what I mean? It was just impossible. So like, whenever there was more than seven days between games, I was literally sending them on holiday um, just to try and keep them fit. And because basically what I had in reserve was dog, just it was rubbish. So um, yeah, this season, hopefully we'll be able to rotate a bit more. Um, I've looked at kind of the training schedule. We only train twice a week. We're still part time, so um, I'm going to keep those as light as possible and just focus on match preparation. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the wages, sl- well, our wage bill is slightly higher, but I think overall we've got a better quality of player, so it's the trade off really. When is the last time you did a journeyman, Cortez? I don't remember you doing one for quite a while. Do you have goals for no. this one? Any job offers? Are you can hang around or? Uh no no go- the only goal is I want to win the Champions League because I haven't won it since FM seventeen. Um, the right way about it for sure. Yeah, starting with Worldstone, it's a good shout. Yeah, but um, I mean, <laughs> inadvertently, I did a journeyman. Well, it wasn't really a journeyman. It didn't. It didn't. I didn't plan on it being a journeyman. Inadvertently, in FM nineteen, I did a. I did an order shot save where uh, I ended up getting sacked because I fell out with. Uh, or I applied for the job after they sold. I applied for a different job after the board sold my best player, um, and I got sacked. Even though I was top of League One, I think at the time. So we'd had sort of back-to-back promotions, top of League One, and they sacked me anyway. 
So I went to Middlesbrough and then I ended up at Arsenal, I think. Um, not really a journeyman, but kind of it was like a natural progression. Um, so like this one, for example, we've started at Wellstone. We've had one season. I plan to do at least one this second season before even looking elsewhere, unless maybe someone comes in for me. Because, um, yeah, in the background, I'm, I'm, I'm studying for coaching badges and stuff like that. So my attributes are organically going up slightly. I'm still absolute shit because I started Sunday League Reputation and with no badges. But, um, you know, stranger things have happened. Have you thought about getting a Wheelstone Raider to uh, do you a cameo and get you some alerts going? I haven't. Is he on cameo? He presumably is <laughs> not elite enough, enough to be on cameo. Yeah. I looked, I looked um, when you first started to say he's not on there. He's got to be on one of them, isn't he? He's not. He's, oh, maybe he's on another one, another one, but he's certainly not on cameo unless he's I'll, recently. I'll find him. I'll find you, him. You sent him a script with, uh, uh, this person wants to say thanks for following. Thanks for subscribing. He, just, no, he, won't, he won't do that. He'll just send it back. Like, you watch him. Yeah. You watch him. Oh, it's a shit I've got him on Twitter. I've just followed him on Twitter. I'll, I'll DM him. See if he follows me. <laughs> he Will so right. It's got to be. It's got to be on. He's got to be on something now. This is great if content, gentlemen. If he's yeah, listening. see what we're doing. His name's Gordon Hill. <laughs> Gordon. Sorry. His Twitter is at only one raider. Everyone, if you want to message him and tell him to uh, follow me, that would be appreciated. Curti, this went so well for you last time. You got blocked by Jay. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bothroyd was not. You got a website you can contact him on? I feel like Gordon Hill is going to be much more affable. <clears throat> I wonder what he does. You want some? Jay Bothroyd was an obnoxious. I won't say it. I won't oh, make you bleep it. I won't make you bleep oof, it. Respect. That's wild. Wild. What a dick. <laughs> 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 Oh, that was one of my favourite favourite beefs actually, outside of my own with Mr. Tyndall. <laughs> just just completely random and unfounded, but still hilarious at the same time. Um, does anyone else have any more points? Because Mad kind of asked the question I was going to ask about your sort of future plans uh, with with how you sort of intend to proceed. Yeah. So. No, no. It's just so they offered me a two year deal at the uh, towards the end of season one. I only I. I changed it to a one-year deal. So basically my contract runs out at the end of this season. Um, you know, we might end up staying. Who knows? But, um, it, well, it, we'll just have to wait and see. Just have to wait and see what opportunities arise, really. Do you see? Do you uh, sort of see yourself dipping into the transfer window even throughout the season? Because it's a lot more flexible, isn't it, in non-league? Um, and that's yeah. why I did, like, even though... Obviously, by the start of the season, you want an idea what your lineup's going to be like. But I think the, the beauty with non-league is that even in uh, League Two at the moment, like there's still a little bit of flexibility there. Are you still finding yourself sort of strengthening areas even sort of mid-season, or are you sort of strictly looking at summer and January? No, no, no. So season one, I just wanted to run with what we had basically, yeah. with the addition of Ashley Seal, um, but. I uh, you know, like, as you said, all the players' contracts or most of the players' contracts will run out at the end of that first season anyway. So, you know, financially, you're better off just kind of running down the clock on those and letting them letting the players go that you want to let go. If you've got a bit of budget, sure, bring some players in, but I didn't really have that. So we brought in Ashley Seal and that was kind of more than enough in terms of uh, the objective of staying up. Uh, but... um this season, so we've basically filled out the majority of our squads. 
we've kind of got two players in each position. The only pl- the only position I'm I'm lacking in is centre back. We've got a couple of players. I've got Dupes mate uh, Laird from Forest Green, who was at Western Supermare I think last year. But um, he can kind of fill in at left back and centre back. I've got a right back who can also do the same. Um, but I don't really have like a a decent centre back. I've got a couple of okay ones that will do enough to do a job with those backups if needed. Um, but one more centre back, and I think pretty much I'd be happy with the with the squad. So uh, yeah, in t- and in terms of loans, there aren't any loans. It's just. You know they're all our our players. So it's... I just signed a. I, f- I found a multi centre back come up, and he wasn't actually that good, but he had sixteen heading and sixteen jumping reach. I thought, yeah, set pieces, mate. You're gonna grab a few goals. Happy days. I never re-signed him in the end for for the conference. I don't think he was happy, but good player. I did Joe try. And... Okay, I did try and sign Idris Kanu. <laughs> Peterborough were up yes. for loaning him, <laughs> and uh, and then he he turned me down. The wanker. Oh. <laughs> Chief. I've never managed in non league in FM. Do they have youth intakes in at that level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they're just bad ones. Yeah. Yeah, they're like normally five-star, but they are absolutely whack most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I've not been down there. there. Golden Generation is like got PA of like 12 or something. I, I have yeah. got one. Like, I did have one kid who's like, yeah, who's five-star potential for Worldstone, but like not very good. Um, but loads of loads of Vanarama clubs keep coming in for him with like bids, of, bids well. of zero. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, I had that loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think My you are? Goalie. Yeah. You are, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is applicable pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for that update, Curti. Uh, I do love a, a non-league save. Uh, and I, I always find it hard with a, a journeyman. I feel like, and I, I do wonder if maybe you'll find the same that you'll become a bit too attached to one particular team and you won't want to leave even if you're off the chance to. This is the thing. I'm really into this now. Like, it was... Um, it was, I mean, it, Worldstone is never a club I've expected to take over, but now I've managed to build my own side for season two. I'm proper into this now. I'm, Spreadsheets I'm galore. I was going to say, I'm fearful for the journeyman as a journeyman. <laughs> Wellstone Champions League winners. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, you go up a couple of divisions and it's like, we could do this. We could do this. <laughs> and it's uh, that's it then. Yeah. And then Wolves come in after being relegated because they've spent all the money. Oh. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then you're like, oh, actually, Jeff Sheen, not interested, mate. Sorry, bye. He's still there. Respect, Jeff. Uh, we'll move on, gentlemen, to our spotlight this week. And it has been a, a rather busy week uh, at White Hart Lane, although it's not really White Hart Lane, is it? Um, uh, Super League nonsense, sacking the special one and handing the reins to the youngest ever manager of a Premier League team. What would you do if you were Ryan Mason taking over an elite side, quote-unquote, uh, with no managerial experience? Uh, he's managed the under-23s. Uh, how do you go about preparing for a cup final at FM, particularly with a team where form and morale are arguably at their lowest point all season? This is... Uh, very packed. Um, we we were talking about what we we're going to do before we started, and this is it kept on snowballing. So there's lots to chat about here, gents. Uh, Mister Azapardi, take it away. I mean, Madafem, first go at writing a script, man. You you were correcting everything he said there, son. 
well, you, won't you do know. It again. And he knows I was two beers. Up. I was two beers deep at the time. Yeah, yeah but we, I didn't point out any of the spelling errors he made in other parts. Oh. That I had to scream. Oh. Like, you know. oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's Irish. It's not the end spelled it. I genuinely <laughs> thought, without Duke being here, I might have a nice, peaceful evening, and it's definitely not gone out. <laughs> I was going to say I mean, uh, where we will be talking about the Curtis. I mean, yeah. the Curtis. <laughs> Oh, well, that's just me copying and pasting when I shouldn't be, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, David, carry on. Well, like so. you said earlier as well, Matt, I think before we start, this, I, I'm scared this is going to turn into a Tottenham Hotspur podcast at some point as well, because I'm sure they've come up in conversation the last couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I mean, cup finals, I've had a few this year, actually, to be fair. Um, I think in Ryan Mason's boots, it, it is sort of, I know it's not as big as as big of an occasion but sort of similar to sort of the journeyman says like me and Kurt you've sort of been thrown in at a club mid-season you don't really know where to start really I think obviously Mason's been at the club so he sort of knows a little bit about the club he knows the players I think you know we, you know we could go in there and we know enough about those players anyway but um, in terms of preparation for him it's difficult and for you as a manager as well like how do you you know how do you start do you sort of pick up from the the last previous managers tactics and systems or do you go with a completely different and your own sort of style of play um so that'd be quite difficult because in fm terms you go into such a big game for the first time tactical familiarity can be a little bit lower as well so um i don't envy him at all really going into that game it's gonna be a difficult one i mean if we we take the i mean it's rare for us but actually look at fm straight off the bat yeah He's been thrown into this on what was it Wednesday? Was that yes? Was it yesterday? Was it Tuesday? It was confirmed. It was yesterday, I think. Uh, recorded on a Thursday. One of them at home. Yeah, one of them. But uh, but yeah, he's been thrust into this. The equivalent on FM is basically you take over, and the next match. I know he they played against Southampton in the week, but effectively you've got a. Uh, You've got the usual thing when you first take over as manager. You'll have your, you'll have the introduce yourself to the squad meeting. It's basically that is your make or break thing. Whether you, if you screw that up, the morale that is already in the bin, it's it's been thrown in the wheelie bin at that point. If you screw that up, and I think that is probably the the hardest hardest part to get right, especially like you've got a, a team uh, that. I mean, if we're looking at Spurs in particular, all of the players have pretty much lost confidence in the prior manager, apart from the captain, who was sort of supposedly with him until the end. It's like going down with the ship almost. But it would be interesting to see how how you as Ryan Mason, or us as Ryan Mason in that position, would would actually handle that. Usually you get a bit of a bump from a new manager, but this is a very inexperienced manager are you I mean I don't know how you guys have found especially like Curti and Dave who've got journeyman saves on the moment about like no experience in terms of managerial bits um, how you would actually uh, sort of boost us aside from a morale perspective when they're not going to listen to you I, I was just as you were speaking about it there Matt I was wondering to- He's not long. He's not long. Stop playing, Ryan Mason. Has he got? Do you reckon he has all the badges like up to? 
What is I was it? gonna, like I was gonna effect? ask. I was hoping someone. I think you have to, don't you? I think you have um, to. I, you don't have to. You've got like you get a special a dispensation if you've been appointed. Yeah. You get like six months, I think, to, to get, get them if you want to be appointed permanently. Like if you take yeah. that into FM, and I don't know, we'll have to Google it. I won't Google now, but uh, let's say he's he's one or two levels below where where he, where he would need to be to get the job permanently. If you take if you take that into FM and you're taking over Spurs after Jose Marino's left with, you know, a UEFA C or B, whatever whatever it is, I think you're definitely in trouble a week before a cup final for sure. Um, yeah. We mentioned he was at the under twenty threes. Like we've seen um, Scott Parker, right? He was at, he was at the Spurs. He was under eighteens or under twenties coach for Spurs before going straight into a job. I think Zabi Alonso was another example, right? Of guys going yeah. straight from you know the the youth teams into a pretty big um, job, so like it'd be interesting to see how he goes. But I assume there's no intention that he'll be there, you know, next next September or whatever or August. I, I very much doubt it. Yeah, I think I think to be fair in FM, I lost a Champions League final this season to a caretaker manager. I think Pep got sacked after the Premier League, and I had Man, I had Man City in the Champions League final, and they had a caretaker manager who beat me in the Champions League final. They had Kevin De Bruyne starting up front as well, like not even in a natural position. Um, but I think what you said, Matt, the morale, that early, the early parts there when you first join in, in uh, you know, join the job, they could be crucial to getting a result. Your first meeting, uh, like meeting the team, saying the right thing, pra- even praising them in training right before, you know, I think they 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 would be the key, you know, the key moments to whether you're going to win this final and go away with the trophy. Or have you know a big fat L on on your first game as manager? Yeah, I I kind of think you know going in um, as Ryan, Ryan Mason going in as he has done after Mourinho. I mean, he's basically got nothing to lose at this point, right? Um, there's going to be no expectations for him to win to win the cup final. I don't and I don't think if you took over a job in FM. It would be a sort of similar situation. Although I, it'd be bonkers, wouldn't it? Really, like for a club to sack a manager just before a cup final in <laughs> FM. Mad. Um, I mean, there's also the sort of the other variable, really, of the whole what's the squad. At? I mean, I, I think most of the Tottenham squad uh, would be pleased that Mourinho's gone. Um, but then, what's the what's the kind of attitude in the squad after the whole ESL nonsense? So, like. Com- comparing it to to FM, obviously, is, it's very difficult. Um, but yeah, that that first team meeting is is massive. Um, usually, that in fact, usually that one goes okay, doesn't it? It's when you're setting kind of season expectations that it can go horribly wrong. Um, but uh, I think from Ryan Mason's point of view, certainly he's got, he's got he's not there's no expectations on him to win the cup final. He's basically he's he's now in charge of essentially people that he was playing with, um, and uh, yeah, I think it, if anything, if anything, it might like rally the troops if you like. They might galvanise um, after everything that's gone on, and uh, he might actually do okay. He might actually do okay. Yeah, I mean it's. It- it's like that first week as well and I suppose FM you know it, the training is quite important as well going into that final 
I know when you use like the training preset, uh, you, I don't know if people know this, there's, there is a preset for a big game or a cup final in, in your training. And they always do it the day before they do penalties. And I remember even before I knew that was a thing, Joe always used to tell me to train penalties right before a cup game. I think it's when we're in the, the Porto Benfica save. Um, he used to always do penalties before we'd have a cup final against each other. But I know that's I'm not 100 percent sure on it on some of the other stuff that are in, that's in there. But definitely penalties the day before a game is one of them. Yeah, that makes a marginal difference. But then you know it's fine margins at the end of the day. Yeah. Would you would you be going up and down the squad, sort of praising conduct and and all that sort of stuff, trying to to get the morale up? Yeah, like I said earlier, the training, conduct, all of that stuff. Especially, you know, if your meeting goes well and there's still you, or, or there's still a few players that you've got to try and convince, you want to be getting that morale as high as you can before before that big game. Um, but we we always say it. We probably it's probably one of the the five star pod saying uh, sayings morale manager at times. So I'd yeah, hundred percent. You got to be looking at, at doing something like that. If I'm Ryan Mason. I'm squeezing in a friendly against Wheelstone to boost the morale of win 14. It's <laughs> the Chris Curtis Wheelstone. Just yeah. two days before the cup final. My lads you were going out. You wouldn't know what was hit you. Yeah. Um, what about, okay, what about like, so for team selection then? Okay, so you say you've got your, a first 11 in mind, but then all of a sudden you've got player, you know, like your cup goalkeeper might might be demanding to play or... Or something like that. Do you do you just stick with your your strongest eleven, or do you kind of? Well, the respect? thing is, it's not your cup goalkeeper necessarily, is it? Well, this is the thing. You weren't the one that agreed the contract, right? No. So I th- I'd say you've got free reign, and if ultimately it's a <laughs> you, it's a bit of a, a get out of jail free card in ter- in that that regard. You, it's previous regime, so it's up to you if you want to carry on that or not. Again, you you could risk it. And potentially annoy that cup goalkeeper, apparently, or not. But I don't know how that in FM. I don't know how that is going to be. Uh, if that's going to be, if that blame is attributed to you or not. I mean, presumably, uh, comes, a, a presumably a cup goalkeeper is not going to hold much influence amongst the squad anyway, right? You would hope not. But equally, if it's been, if it's someone who's been there for a while, who's sort of a, an older hand, and but then they've been playing. Um, in all of the cup games, and you drop them for the final. I don't know if there is intelligence in FM to, or if it's intelligent enough to know that and would create that scenario for you. Um, it'd be interesting to see or test if it did. Um, but in t- I think, I mean, this this will move on to the point about injuries in a sec. But the the squad rotation part. I think I'm if it's a final, it's my chance to one, put my stamp down on the squad, bear in mind I've just taken over. It's my chance to get an early piece of silverware in my fledgling managerial career. These are two big things. If I'm only an if I'm only an interim manager at this point, and I've in my second game <laughs> I've gone and I've gone and beaten a Premier League team and uh, bear in mind one of the one of the sort of, I would say, in-demand coaches, or at least style of players in demand. I've then gone and beaten Pep Guardiola. <laughs> like I, I think they're pretty good items to have on your very short CV come the end of a season if you are looking for a, a permanent job, whether it be at youth level again to, to get some more experience or as an assistant or even a, a managerial job in your own right. 
it, they are two very big things to have if you're looking at it selfishly. More importantly, does Ryan Mason put on a suit for the cup final? And if he does, you know, you know he gets it. You know he plays FM if he puts on a suit for the cup final. No suits, no loots. Because <laughs> um, you mentioned injuries as well. Um, and obviously the rotation, I and mean, we've seen it in the past with the rotation in particular, like where you'd have a goalkeeper or a young guys bring in the team uh, up to the semi-final and then you swap them out. It also, for some reason, makes me think of that, uh, was it in the World Cup when um, the, the Dutch manager brought on Tim Krul for the penalty shootout? Um, yeah, Stecklenburg. Yeah. Um, love that. Really want to try that in FM sometime just to watch it crumble and burn. Excellent um, shithousery. Yeah, can't beat that. But definitely, I think um, pen, like penalty shootouts is probably underrated training in FM. I think nobody does it, right? Um, some people don't bother with training, but um, I've, I've never done it in my Angers safe. And I really don't think I've won a penalty shootout. I've probably had about five or six of them. I don't recall winning them, and then I wonder why. <laughs> um, so it's not something to take away. If I mean, I'm probably not going to get to a cup final, though. So, um, but definitely underrated, I think, uh, focusing on penalties. The the contextual point I guess we have about injuries is that both teams have two players that are a realistic doubt for the the Carabao Carabao Cup final at this point, and Harry Kane and. Kevin De Bruyne. Now, I personally have risked certain players uh, in Champions League Cup finals, but they were a goalkeeper. It's not an outfield player. It's slightly different. I've not quite need a hard drive check for that one, but or equally <laughs> saved penalties in sh- in the shootout to to win me said thing. So can't really complain. Um, but what what do you think, chaps? Are you going to risk an orange player? Are you going to ask them to? To have the injection, should they require it? If an injection is available, obviously that would be something that I'd uh, I'd look at. But obviously they can reject it in FM as well. Uh, so we have seen that before. But I don't think I've ever... I probably have, but of note, I don't think I've ever risked a player that's orange injured. And I still wouldn't now. Only because I would be scared that it would risk further and more serious injury. Um even with goalkeepers, obviously sometimes goalkeepers are a little bit of a funny one because more often than not, you know, if your one goalkeeper gets injured, your other one gets injured at the same time. Uh, you know, that, that always happens. Um, so I always see if the goalkeeper's got a, like an arm-related orange injury, I probably would leave him. But if it's a leg one, I might risk him just because obviously he needs his arms. Not that, I don't know. Mate. Oh, yeah. Very philosophical. Yeah, but cheers. But yeah, I'm very rare... Uh, do I risk a player of orange injury? If it's the little, the new yellow one, which is fitness, you know, I'll risk them then, but not the orange injury. If I've got Tottenham's squad as it is now, and Harry Kane is our orange injured going into this cup final, I'm starting him. I just don't think they've got anyone else in that squad that you could. You'd almost have to change the entire system. Um. I mean, Gareth Bale is basically orange injured anyway, <laughs> isn't he? like by yeah. standard. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I'd uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be starting. I think uh, basically, like a sixty percent fit Harry Kane is better than pretty much anyone else that they've got in their squad. Vinicius, I should start him. No. Oh no, I'd be starting Harry Kane orange injured. 
I think that I think for I think for Man City it's slightly different. Like if it's De Bruyne, I think got they've got they? they've got they've got player yeah exactly they've got players that can come in, and whilst you know no one's Kevin De Bruyne, he it wouldn't necessarily massively weaken them to to play some of their other players. But Harry Kane is so so important. A question then, if you are Pep and the quadruple is still on. Do you play him then? No. Obviously, that, that that that's so. Do you do you bear in mind this is a chance for you to do something that hasn't been done in English football for well, right. I think ever. I think so. You've got to take into account who you're playing as well, right? Because in this game, whether they play Kevin De Bruyne or not, they're going to go into this game pretty strong favourites. Um, if they're playing, I don't know. So they're playing the cup final, the European Cup final against. Barcelona, then it might be a different answer. But for this particular game, I don't. I don't think any circumstances would invoke me to start Kevin De Bruyne if he was orange injured. Um, but yeah, Harry Kane, I think, has got to start. I think it's a harder decision for Ryan Mason to make than Pep, right? Because I'm just looking at the league table. Spurs are only two points off fourth. Granted, they have an extra game played. So if Kane plays, and you know he's, we know he's got dodgy ankles anyway, and if he goes out for the rest of the season, that's probably their chances of qualifying for the Champions League kind of gone um, for the sake of the Carabao Cup, whereas City, obviously, league is kind of wrapped up. It's probably an easier decision not to play him based on that. Um, whereas Spur, I think Spurs have more to lose by risking um, injuring Kane for the rest of the season. Because we can see what they're like with him without him. It's it's uh, chalk and cheese. Imagine that if it, if Ryan make, Ryan makes and picks him orange injured, he goes he's out for the rest of the season and the Euros. Ryan Mason Ooh. public Thanks, enemy Ryan. number one. The Chief. mud. <laughs> Mad will be celebrating. I like yeah. Irish. Oh, I have nothing yeah, to celebrate this summer, Dave, and you know what? <laughs> oh, I think that closes off our chat, gents. I think it's. Um, yeah, it, uh, baptism of fire to the nth degree. I think is it's fa- fairly fair to say to to the young lad. I, I wish him well, and I, it's not something I think I've ever experienced in FM. It's very rare that you'd get a sacking ahead of a cup final. Did anyone hear that that alleged? I don't, I don't know if it's real, but that voice clip that Jamie Redknapp. Yeah, I think it's clip? fake. I is did, it? I have heard it. Apparently, it's an impression. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because basically, basically, it was like uh, if Mourinho gets sacked, if if he's in this league position, he gets X; if he's in this league position, he gets Y. Um, and it it kind of doesn't make sense anyway because the next game is the cup final. Um, but basically, the the chat was that Levy sacked him now because it was cheaper to get rid of him now than if he won the next couple of games. But also, I think it's. I mean, that is, that is the the other thing. It's it's the first club since um, before Porto that Mourinho hasn't won silverware at a club, which is a point that's kind of been missed with the melee of of media coverage this past week with everything going on. Um, so I mean, I'm sure. I mean, we can technically get away with without it being a Spurs podcast if we were to focus on something like that. How do you? Uh, bounce back from a, a number of rather underwhelming performances for someone who was supposedly amazing at one point. 
but we can uh, we can look at that for future topics at another point because we do have a quiz. Uh, so let's let's do it. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just I it's, it's, go. it's got it, it's it's ten past eleven. I'm done. <laughs> Streamer showdown week. <laughs> it's time for the quiz. Uh, yes, we do have a quiz. Um, so this week, I suppose, in a week when we've seen poor, misfortunate Florentino Perez, poor old chap down in Spain, uh, having a hard time um, going on about how he's uh, the rich clubs losing all their money and, and, and everything associated to it. This quiz is all about Galacticos. So um, a little bit similar to, to last week. What I have in front of me are the top 15 transfers of the Florentino Perez, Real Madrid Galacticos era. Um, and I'm going to be asking you to name the 15. I'm going to go around. It'll be a point for a correct answer. And I will also give you a bonus point if you can give me the transfer fee to the nearest million um, in, in, in pounds. Uh, the list I have in front of me is in pounds. So two points to, on offer. Uh, one for the correct answer and one if you can get the fee. And, so uh, this is top so this is top in terms of transfer value, right? Yes, exactly. So the fee paid for the player um, for, the Real, for Real Madrid. Poor, poor Florentino Perez. Um, so this is, this is going to open some eyes when you talk about cash in that club. It's insane. So this time we're going to go from right to left. So we're going to let Matt go first this time. because He's had a couple of quizzes where he's gone last. And we, we know he doesn't like it, especially when it's late. Um, so Matt, we're going to go straight to you to name a player in the top 15 to get it right. You get a point and then I'll give you another point if you can get the fee to the nearest million. Okay. Uh, going for Gareth Bale and 86 million. Gareth Bale is correct. He's number two on the list, but he was nine, according to my sources. 90.9 90.9 million pounds transfer. Wow. Wild. And he's orange injured all the time, according to uh, reliable sources. <laughs> so we're going to go to Dave. Did you say when he joined, Mad? Sorry, in your introduction or not? It's the fee. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, so it's players. No, I mean, like, did you say when Perez had joined Madrid or, or did you not? Yeah, like, since, because I think he's had two spells. So it's like since the beginning of the Galactico days, we'll say, right? Because okay, he started okay. the whole Galactico thing. And it's the um, fee paid at the time. Cristiano Ronaldo, 80 million. Cristiano Ronaldo is correct. Number three on the list, 84.6 million. Oh. He was in that region. Cartier. Take a point uh, and a half. Zinedine Zidane, and I'm going to say 52 million. Zinedine Zidane is correct. Number four on the list, 69.75 million. A lot of money back then as well. Well, that is a lot of money back then. Jeez. He was basically... Inflation rates. Yeah, that was season 0102 season. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> 20 years ago that that is astronomical yep he wasn't bad though in fairness and he wasn't really <laughs> no, but equally it's just an insane amount of money for 20 years ago that's not that much um, back to you Matt okay Ronaldo 
R9 Ronaldo. R9 Ronaldo. Number this month. 13. Oh, sorry, you have to give me the fee. Oh, yeah, he's giving it away. I, I was going to say, it's going to be quite low, but I was going to go for 35 million. Ronaldo, R9. Number 13 on the list, 40.5 million. And that was Ooh. in 2002, 2003. Season. Number 13. Number yeah. 13 on the list. Oh, okay. this might rule one of mine. Out. So over to Dave. Um, I'm wondering who number one is, if some of them ain't number one yet. Um, I'll go with Vinicius Jr. I can't remember. He was on last week's, but I can't remember. He was, he was quite low. Or I'm going to say like 52 million. I think it's something like that. I might be terribly wrong. Vinicius Jr., number yeah. 12 on the list, and uh, signed for, in pounds, 40.5 million uh, pounds. He's on there. I'll take it. You'll take the point. And uh, Curti. Eden Hazard. Numero um, uno on the list. Yeah. Uh, for 92 million. I have 103.5 pounds Ooh. for Eden Hazard. Top of the list. Money well spent. You're not working on. in euros, son. <laughs> No Euros now. Well, I've got the inflation on. Up the Brexit. Uh, I believe he's played 25 games. Um, I did see so. something on Twitter about how much he... I think it was it like 3 million time, per yeah. game or something. Which is obscene. So we're back to you, Matthew. Luka Modric, gone. 68 million. Luka Modric is number 17 on the list. Oh, so he oh, doesn't make there. the top 15. The fee I have for Luka Modric was £31.5 million. Pounds. Wow. Mm. That does rule out quite a lot. Yeah. David Beckham, rip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a bit of a risk, What this one, because I don't... Part of me thinks it is what I think it is, but part of me thinks it's a lot less. Uh, I'm going to go Courtois for about £50 million. I've got a feeling it's a lot lesser. Courtois. Oh, a lot more. Number 16 on the list. Oh, you oh, just oh. misses out. <laughs> 31.5 million. I thought it was, it was either like 30 or... Uh, never mind. Door is open. Uh, Luis Figo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm going to say, if Zidane was... How much was Zidane? Zidane was... 69.75 million. I thought they were similar amounts, but I was sure they were. All right, Figo, 60 million. Luis Figo, number eight on the list, 54 million pounds. Sure. <clears throat> I'm really so struggling we, now. We have one, mm. two, three, four, five. We have seven of the 15 gone. And we're going to go back. We'll do one round, one more round, and then we'll open to the floor. And Dupe isn't here. Yeah, we'll be safe then. <laughs> we'll be safe. <laughs> you got a list in front of him. Oh, Jesus. I, I'm struggling to... Matt's doing his toilet face again. <laughs> Am I doing my toilet? I don't know what my toilet face is, if I'm honest. <laughs> it's sad that I do, in fairness. But... Oh. A bit weird, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you know my toilet face should be more of the question. 
Oh. Irrelevant. Gonna have to push you for an answer, Matt. Roberto Carlos. I have no idea how much. Uh, Roberto Carlos is not in my top 30 that I have in front of me. <laughs> so I was, they've definitely you were pushing me for an answer. Uh, I was, in fairness. Um, but definitely a bargain. Uh, either way, because he's definitely worth more than some of the players they've bought. So we'll go to David. David. I'm going to go Kaka. 40 million. I don't know. Kaka is number six on the list. Galacticos. Um, for a price of sixty point three million. Wow, a lot more than in two thousand nine, two thousand and ten. So that's one point for Dave, and we're going to go to thirty. Very serious. Um. Oh, I don't know how much he was. Benzema. Um, for 45 million Karim Benzema number 18 on the list oh my word for a fee of 31.5 million pounds next week's quiz who was not on the list (laughs) (laughs) my sources here are transfer market other sites are available so uh, don't hate the player hate the game so I'm going to open up to the floor now. We have two, four, six. We have eight players gone. So seven, seven left. to go. So no, nothing to lose, boys. And we Not can so go to again. the floor. Have at it. Dave. Dave. Rodrigo. Rodrigo with a Y. Oh. Do want to throw in a fee? 39 million. Rodrigo. Is number 11 in the list. Go on. 40.5 million pounds. We I were looking for, th- looking for 39 for the point. It's a tough quiz now, in fairness. So. Did, I say, did I say that? Huh? You said 39 million. He was 40.5. We're looking for the nearest. Yeah, oh, chiefs. If you'd have given me, oh, you'd given me 40. Now, are we? Mm. Yeah. That's how we do it things. By halves, yeah. you got a point. Point in the bag. Uh, right. Goes on offer again. Nerd. Nerd. Sergio Roma. Ramos. Sergio Ramos is... I really should have made the text bigger on this document that I'm using. <laughs> Wasn't uh, he? Did he not come through the <laughs> youth? No? I thought he was there. He didn't know. Sergio Ramos was signed um, from Sevilla, and I believe he's just outside the top 30 because I spotted it and we talked about it last oh. week. Um, I, it was about 31 or 32. Signed from Sevilla. For about 25 million, I think. He was more expensive than Beckham. Dave. <laughs> Dave. Casemiro, 42. Casemiro is not on my list at all. Suck me. Curti. <laughs> Curti. Uh, Diara. No. Lasana. Uh, it can't be. Surely not. Surely oh, not. Lasana oh, Diara is 38, 38 million. No, no. Lasana <laughs> Diara is not on the top 30 oh, on the my list. Word. Sadly what about for the other one. Diara. The other one. The other, the other Diara they had. That's who I was talking about. Uh, the the one they got from Leon. 
I wish Bahamadou, there was, I wish there was Viking Dion? Dan rules here because you'd have minus two for that. So he's not on the list what? either. Who the hell's Mohamedou oh, yeah, Diar? No. Mohamedou. I remember Mohamedou Diar. He was a baller back in the day. It does. Anyone need some clues? We could throw yes. some clues yes. in there. Okay. Struggling massively. So we have six, seven, eight, nine. So you've got six to go. I go top to bottom. So you've had the top four, which was Hazard, Bale, Ronaldo and Zidane. Player number five left Monaco in the 2014-2015 season to join Dave. Madrid. Dave. James Rodriguez. James Rodriguez is oh, correct. Do you want to give me a fee? Shit. 68 million. That's a good guess as well. I'm going to give it to him. 67.5 million. I'm giving it to him. Yeah, that's the close. Mate, open up the top yeah, rule. Like the rules he goes cool. along this point. It's within the million. It's I said to the nearest million. Close enough. He's, earned, he's earned that. Um, oh, he's not even Portuguese, Dave. I don't know how you know that. Oh, he no, used to play right. in Portugal. He, he's George Mendes only. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> so that was number five. Number six was Kaka. Number seven. I think you should all be, be ready to jump in here. Number seven joined in the 2019-2020 season from Eintracht Frankfurt. Nerd. Oh, shit. Nerd was Nerd. in my right ear here. Luka Jovic or Jovic. Luka Jovic hey. is correct. Do you want to give me a few? Comp- uh, oh, 58? 58 million? Luka Jovic, expensive. I remember he's crazy expensive. 56.7 million. Oh, just wow. outside, Matt. I got a minute. Mm-hmm. He's 58, it's 1.3 million it's more than a million difference Yeah And what about Dave with the hammers? Was point he, five? Was ha- point he was five. half a million Half yeah. a million 500 grand out Come on lads Don't. A bit of self-respect son Bring back Duke <laughs> <laughs> no, We would have finished by now Because Duke had him on his, <laughs> on his money more. there he, did, he doesn't have the sheet uh, So that was number seven Number eight was Figo Number nine Moved to Real Madrid in the 2019-2020 season From FC Porto Uh, Dave Dave Eder Militao Eder Militao Do you want to give me a fee? 48 million Eder Militao Moved for 45 million Not bad, not bad And that was number 9 Number 10 on the list Moved same season 2019-2020 season From Olympique Lyonnais Lyon Dave Oh, lads. Uh, Dave. Ferland Mendy. Another point in the bag. Dave, can you remind us who you managed in the network save? Uh, uh, <laughs> I was literally too fair. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, 50 correct. million. That is not correct, though. Uh, okay. The fee I have here was 43.2 million. Ah, well, though. Number 11 was Rodrigo. You had that. Number 12 was Vinicius Jr. You had that. Number 13 was R9. You had that. So we've got two to go. Number 14 moved to Real Madrid in the 2015-2016 season from Inter Milan. Internazionale. Dave. 
Ooh. I'm going to throw you another clue. Yes, please. <laughs> he currently plays in the Premier League. That's not helped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kick ourselves here. Yep. I'm, I'm drawing all the blanks at the moment. Uh... I'll give you another clue. He is a central midfielder. <laughs> People are screaming here. Can you give us his mother's maiden name? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you another clue. He, I believe, he has, no, he should, he has a World Cup runners-up medal. From quite recently. Oh my god! I uh uh, uh nerd. No, oh, no, don't, no, I don't think it is. Perisic. No, Incorrect. No. Not in the Premier League. Dave. Why Dave. Think, oh. Kovacic. You've helped Dave there big time. Ah! Matty yeah. Matteo Kovacic. Give us a okay, feed, Dave. You, yeah. Um. Thirty-seven million. Thirty-four point two million. Uh, yeah, that that is that's who I meant. Yeah, <laughs> Sitch at the end. Yeah, Harry Sitch is his mother's maiden name. There, there is a Sitch. <laughs> and the last one of the lot. Yeah, you're gonna get this one. I'd say that. Two thousand and three, two thousand and four season. Moved from Manchester United. Nerd. Nerd. David Beckham. You said it enough times without guessing it. <laughs> that yeah. quiz. I thought you said like got, twenty-five I, I, million. No, I thought I th- it wasn't like I got it. Must have got it the wrong way. I thought it was like twenty-three point five, but maybe it was thirty-two point five. I don't know. That's Is that your answer? answer? Um, yeah. We'll go for thirty-two point five. Yeah. So the correct answer it is David Beckham. Third, my my sources tell me thirty-three point seven five. Very very <laughs> 1. close. One point two five out. Alleghi. <laughs> That's a point. I, I, I gen- genuinely thought he was like twenty three point five million. I don't know why I had that. Maybe well, because his number his was twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty seven million euros, but I guess the maybe the euro conversion back then was yeah. Not too sure. No, I'm using the Buki website, man. Yeah, pure Dutch. Yeah. Um, so that's your lot, lads. So what that means is that we have Carty in third place with three, Matt in Joke. second place on four, and Dave as a party. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine points. That's a record. Record. <laughs> Dupe likes this. Time for modern football. Dude would have had in the mud. Dude would have had eighteen that, that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, lads. You do well. Cheers, boys. Mm, well done, good quiz. It was good. I, I do do like those, even though they hurt my head quite a lot. Yeah. Anyone want to take a guess at the the combined value of the top fifteen? No. I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> Nine hundred and eighty million. Eight hundred and sixty-four point yeah. nine million for the top fifteen players. Within hundred million, I'll take another point. Best, yeah. best part of a billion. Well done, Perez. Son. Need the money, you chief. Save Real Madrid. Yeah, poor lad. <laughs> chief. Well, that does bring the episode to a close. Uh, One hundred ninety-two. 192 Jeez. gents we are eight away from 
the magical 200. I don't know what makes it magical, but nevertheless, it might be. Uh, you can find the links for each of us, the Five Star Pod, Twitter account, and WeStreamFM Discord server in the podcast description, or by visiting WeStreamFM.com, where you can find the latest instalment of our Dubbed the Next series, where Argentina is our final destination as we look for the next Javier Mascherano. Uh, big shout out to at Adam underscore OTFBFM and at, oh dear, there's all the ats all over the place here. Jesus. Is that right? I've done it. I don't care. I've, it's, I'm uh, done. Yeah, it's only because I'm off the clock now. I'm all in bold and screwing things up. Matty Lewis 11 I is the other one if it was bold. as well as Dupe and Dave. I've, I've, thank you. Cheers, Thanks, lads. Cheers, boys. I mean, yeah, you made that. You didn't need to add the ats. Do you want to do it again, Matt? Yeah, I'll just see the big shout out bit. Yeah, sorry about that, Jack. Let's see, this is amateur hour, isn't it? <laughs> uh, big shout out to Adam underscore OTFM and uh, Matty Lewis11, Dupe and Dave for their excellent guest contributions. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with new podcasts released every week. Thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful next week. Goodbye. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye. Bye, Bye folks.